Oh, baby. Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. Uh, my name is Paul Lanigan, and I'm here with... Nathan Masters. And we are sitting in my apartment bedroom in Waco, Texas. Um, huddled around a Samson Meteor microphone that I've used for eight years for many different things. Um, with a message, a simple message to share as we just converse with one another. Um, was it, what, like two weeks ago? That oh, we were like, three? Three, yeah. That we were like, let's freaking do this. It was Dia. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a life changing time. That was more than three weeks ago, wasn't it? No. Four? Yeah. It's like four weeks ago. Yeah, uh, Doesn't matter. But yeah, like four weeks ago, we were hanging out. Um, and the Lord made it really clear that we were supposed to record this. So, Nathan Masters, who are you today? Like, today. who the heck are you? What should they, what do they want? What do they need to know? Ooh. Uh, Born, Asheville, North Carolina, 21, uh, live in Waco since August 2nd, uh, work at Magnolia, shout out to the bakery. Come on. Come visit your boy. Let's, yeah. School online. At Appalachian the, State the Appalachian University. Appalachian State University, roll nears. Yes. Appalachian State in Waco, Texas. Explain that in the transcript. Right. And came to know Jesus mm. in the senior year of high school. Been following him to the point where he he called me to Waco, and I reluctantly was like, uh, "Okay, yeah, I guess we'll do this. Let's yeah. let's go." He, and here we are in the court in the cute cute quirky town of Waco, Texas. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> that is wonderful. So, what are we talking about tonight? Transparency, authenticity. Uh, glass Everything, house, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Come on. Uh, glass church, glass house, transparency, authenticity. Um, why is it worth talking about? It brings freedom. That is, that's actually magic. I hope that was loud enough that they didn't have to turn up their headphones to hear that. It's okay. Um, it brings freedom. So, authenticity is... Mm, I think the first thing that we lose and the most important thing that's never talked about. Um, yeah. Those both might be exaggerations, but they're important. Let's go. So pray for us. And we're going to get after it. You ready? All right. All right. God, thank you for who you are. Uh, guys, I want to pray for the listeners right now, whoever's hearing this, that they would be uh, transparent with themselves, with you, and with the community that they have or do not have yet. God, I just pray that you would give them the community that they need to be authentic with and so they could bring their sins to one another, confess it, forsake it together, and find healing in you and that intimacy that comes by being fully known by you and by others. Uh, I pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Come on. Spirit move. We're idiots. We don't know anything. Um, so if he doesn't, what we're going to say is going to be really dumb. So, basically, three questions are going to outline uh, this conversation, because if they don't, we're going to be all over the place, and it may be holy, and it may be good, uh, but we ought to give it some structure. So, it's going to be, what does the world say about authenticity? What does the word, <laughs> that's kind of fire, uh, what does the word, what does the Lord say about authenticity, and what do we do about it? Uh, so, what does the world say about authenticity? Needs the master's. 
I would say we got to keep it to ourselves. Can't let anybody know about what we did. Mm. Can't let anybody know that, oh, I came across porn at 12. Can't let anybody know about that. Because what are they going to think? What are they going to say about me? And then that, that fear of man rolls in. And then we're like, oh, like, if, if people don't see, like, my best self, then, like, they can't see anything, which mm. is a part of the issue that we see here just in the Bible Belt in general, like, growing up back in North Carolina, similar to how it is in Waco, a little different, not having a church in every corner. But uh, we have that idea that, oh, like, if I'm not presenting the perfect image of who everybody else thinks I should be, then I shouldn't share it. Hmm. That, like, what if, what if it was bigger than, like, how am I doing and what does everybody think about me? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I think you said, like, what are people going to think? That's, like, the, the, like, nastiest attack on authenticity. Yeah. Is, like, comparison, managing perception, etc. Um, I think that there's, like, I wrote down a few things. Um, that we're encouraged to share who we really are with just a few people. Um, I don't think that's inherently sin not to share it with more. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's such freedom in the genuine sharing of our story. Yeah. Um, that empathy being something like so freaking powerful that like when you and I can hang out as we did an hour and a half before we started recording this and just like relate to each other on the thoughts that we have on the doubts that we believe, on mm-hmm. on all these things. Um, when we can do that, there's such freedom. Like the Spirit steps in, encourages us through each other, and brings freedom. And so I think we're told by the world to share it with just a few. Um, maybe the worst advice I've ever received, um, or, or some advice that I didn't agree with. I think it's like in a worldly manner, it like makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not pleased with it. That it said, when in Rome, be like the Romans. Oh. And I actually like got sick to my stomach when I was told that. It was by one of my superiors in, in an area of my life that I really care about. That's not the church. Um, but he said, when in Rome, be like the Romans. And I think he meant it in like a, if somebody else is stepping up, you got to step up too. Okay. But the way that that, like, that sentence itself gets delivered is yeah. like, I should just be like everybody else because I'm scared to be persecuted. I'm yeah. scared to be different. I'm scared to be doubted i'm scared to be questioned i'm like i don't think that's holy you know um and then i think i wrote something else okay this was like a break off thing that i that i wanted us to chat about saying like what does the enemy do with the idea of authenticity like how does he scare us out of doing it like being authentic with people i guess that's where i'll start how does he scare us out of being authentic Ooh. well uh, like i said earlier like the fear of rejection and then also this idea of like, oh, you're not worthy to like be fully known to anybody. Like, why do you think they care? Why do you think they mm. want to hear that? Yeah. Why do they care? I don't want to let that sentence slide. That's like, mm-hmm. why would they care? Yeah. You know, why, why would like, if you were willing to tell anybody, which you shouldn't be because they're going to think less of you, mm. why would they actually care? Yeah. There's no reason for them to actually care. Yeah. That's, that is a lie of the enemy. Right, we're we're told to commune with one another. Um, we're told to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And yeah. we're told to, um, like inherently, we're going to care uh, if we love the Lord. Especially, we're going to care. Uh, 
So I think the enemy devises us into like this state of isolation when we're never actually isolated. Mm-hmm. Is it's like whatever we're experiencing, whatever we're feeling, whoever we really are oh. that needs to come out um, is like tempted to come out. The enemy's like, no, 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 no. Like you don't want to ruin what you got going for yourself. When really what you quote unquote have going for yourself is far less than the Lord wants for you mm-hmm. because you're living in this constant state of Ooh. like fear of like fear of acceptance, fear of um, or neglect, I should say, fear of whatever. Because yeah. you're living in that state because you'd like have never tasted the authenticity of it. Um, yeah. You have something to say. I can feel it. Oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so in preparation for this, I listened to a TED Talk because... I just wanted to be an expert on this. And so now we're here. It's a perfect path. Uh, but one of the things that the lady was talking about, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, but her last name is Brown. So Miss Brown, uh, one of the things she said that people don't open up about, well, anything, is because they don't want to deal with their shame and they just want to numb themselves. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's what we're taught. Like, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, full transparency like before i came to know the lord i was in the party scene i didn't i wasn't too much of a drinker but i loved pot that was my thing and the reason i liked it so much is because i i could escape so i didn't have to deal with the troubles of being from a divorced family from a broken home uh from having the fear of oh am i going to be like my dad and cheat on my mom Mm -hmm. i didn't have to worry about any of that i didn't have to worry about it so i would cope and try to just find whatever I could to not deal with it. Mm. Yeah. What if like, what if we went through pain rather than around it? Yeah. You know, what if we were like, I'm going to tell people these truths because whatever is going to come from sharing that truth is going to heal me and encourage me and direct me somewhere. But if all I do is suppress it, it's going to eat you alive and help nobody else. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help any people around you. It's not going to help anything. It's literally just going to like waste away your bones. Um, so the idea of like like living in fear, fear of being found out, right? If we lack authenticity, we're always fearing being found out. Wow. I spent I spent years of my life like lying about my track and field numbers, lying about the offers that I received in whatever sport coming out of high school. I lied about like how many girls I'd kissed and I lied about like all this stupid stuff for yeah. years and years and years I spent I spent in white lies. Mm-hmm. How much money I made playing Call of Duty. I like I lied about every little metric in my life mm-hmm. because it was like I need to make these people think this certain thing about me. Yeah. But in turn, like people liked me, I think less than when I'm authentic. And then also cool. I was in a constant state of being terrified of being found out. And I was like, like what a like a a binding like shackles that I lived in in this state of like projection rather than authenticity. Like I was trying to like put on some kind of face. Yeah. It was miserable. And I I look back and I didn't even know that I was miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt a little bit of weight, but like I didn't even know I was miserable. And then like in sharing and in being truly known and confessing like the most freeing relationships that I ever developed in my life, the strongest of those came on the backside of living in the truth. Like, 
I remember at Canacuck 2019. Shout out. Um, it was my second summer there, and I was kind of taking this like leadership role that I could, like it was pretty obvious that it was like I was stepping up in these different areas, being asked to do certain things, but I hadn't confessed the lies from the summer before. Um, that I had walked in and I had like slept in a hotel room with my girlfriend. No, we didn't do anything, but I still broke camp policy and yeah. I lied about it. Um, I had lied about like all of the opportunities that I had that I mentioned before involving Call of Duty, involving sports, involving whatever. Um, and I remember like in front of the entire men's staff standing in front of a fire, I said, here's who I really am. And I said, if you guys are going to follow me, you need to know this. And I have never received so much like encouragement and like praise as I did at that time that yeah. then like began because all of my deepest, most meaningful friendships like that have changed my life have come after that time. Okay. Because I've been able to deepen to a level yeah. that I never could before because these people truly know me. And so even like friendships that I had before that are now some of the most valuable in my life deepened yeah. so much because I went back mm -hmm. and covered years of lies with them to say this is who I truly am, this is who I was, and this is the way that I lied to you and you know that mm -hmm. um, or you know that now and do with that what you will. It was like this, this like open palms reception that was just like, all right, kill me. Like, if you if like if you want to hate me, you can hate me. Yeah. But it was so freeing to live authentically. Amen to that. You got anything before we talk about scripture? Yeah, I mean that just makes me think of so legit. Oh goodness, I can remember like exact dates for it, which is funny. But, I love that. Uh, spring twenty nineteen comes to know Jesus. Uh, the next week after, so this is like April 4th or something like that, uh, we have a, or we have a, our student event, it's a Wednesday night, and then after the, the message, we hop into group, and it was a night titled, Let's Talk About Sex. And so, <laughs> one of my friends in that circle, who's now one of my best friends, uh, he goes, alright, I'll tell y'all. I watched porn last night and mm. I, as a two week Christian was just like, do we do that here? <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, and so I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm going to tell these guys stuff, I have to tell my mom all the stuff I've done. Mm. And so it just happened to be the next day or the next week or something like that. I, me and my friends went to go watch Shazam and, uh, I was telling my mom af about it after, and I was like, yeah, there's like, or like sin is brought up in it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is a good time to tell you about mine. <laughs> yeah. Didn't segue it like that, but it was just like, hey, mom. So like, I just want to let you know, I, I had sex outside of marriage. I dabbled with drinking, smoking, getting with other girls other than my girlfriend. Uh, I threw a party at the house, all this random stuff that she just never knew about. And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, wow, I'm really free. And my mom's just sitting there with tears like, why did you tell me that? Yeah. And mm. uh, well, not more so of the why, but like, did what, yeah. what was the purpose in that? Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, in being fully known, like with the woman who raised me, I think that allowed me to be fully transparent with people I didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And it was the scariest thing the next week in that group to be like, uh, yeah, guys, so I had I had sex outside of marriage. 
and like that was the only thing I said, and I was like, wow, I'm, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to worry about that, that fear of what people are going to say anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, there's like a very simple truth that's like if you share something honestly about who you are and what you've been through and somebody loves you less because of it, they're not meant to be an important part of your life. Yeah. Like it's that simple. That like, would the Lord dishonor authenticity? No. He would never look at you being authentic and sharing honestly your story with somebody out of a heart to help them and then like take away a person that you're supposed to have in your life. Yeah. Like that that just is not the Lord's character. Yeah. Um, which we'll cover in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I know that in the relationships in my life that have deepened quickly, it's because I've been willing to like, say the thing like I was sitting with I mean there's been multiple times and I might have done it sitting with you before that like my eyes would like glance past a waitress and I would look at her on accident in a way I shouldn't and like I would look away and then I would confess that to the person sitting across from me and like I remember the first time I did that it was to a dear friend of mine his name's Wiley Holden I've mentioned him on another podcast um that we were sitting at Papa Rolo's Pizza in Waco, Texas, which is wonderful. There we go. And uh, we were sitting there over a meal, and I accidentally like caught a glimpse of the waitress um, in a way that I shouldn't. And I was like, oh, Wiley. I was like, I got to be honest. This is what I just did. And he was like so floored by that. Yeah. That like I would sit there and just tell him, like, I did something gross just now in front of you. And it was like I've never had somebody respect me less who like is valuable in my life when I've been willing to tell them like something stupid, mm-hmm. gross, like like whatever it is, whatever truth it is. Cause the reality is, is that we experience it. Yeah. Like all of, all of sin falls short of his glorious grace. That's not just like the Romans two twenty three. That's not like on a lifetime spectrum. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's also on like a daily departure. Like we are fully inadequate every single day. Yeah. So there is something in our head, in our hearts that we do say feel that, would pull us from the Lord's presence absent Jesus. Yeah. So if we confess those stupid little things, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like what's the greatest lie we're believing? If we're just telling people these things, yeah. imagine what he can do in those relationships, in our hearts, in our freedom, in his lessons that he'll bring. Like, it's actually wild. I don't see a ceiling to it. Yeah. You want to talk about the Lord? Let's do it. Let's do it. So now, um, probably the antithesis of what the world says about authenticity what does the word or the lord say about authenticity so the first thing that came to my mind uh was not oh actually it was like james 5 16 first john 1 uh the idea of like confessing our sin to one another and praying for healing mm-hmm. uh, and then living lives in the light yeah first john 1. yeah yeah but if we want to figure out like okay like that's what we do what caused it and so we got to go back to Genesis 1 so like God created humanity he created Adam and Eve and these guys were naked like they knew each other in like you know or Bible for knowing is sex so like they knew each other like every part of each other and they like they weren't ashamed Mm. and so like they were naked God knew everything about them they knew everything about each other and then they go and try to be like God and they believe the lie that he's not good and he doesn't have their best interest in mind. And so 
they take the fruit. And one of the immediate ramifications of it is they realize, oh crap, like we're naked. Yeah, we got we got we got to do something. God, uh, mm-hmm. after they, or he calls them out. Uh, one of the things he does. Uh, one of our friends during our Good Friday service brought this up, and I was I was floored by it. It was amazing. Uh, our friend Mason Smith he brought up how. God sacrificed an animal and clothed them with like clothes so they weren't no longer ashamed. Well, they still had shame. They were just able to hide their shame. Mm. And then we fast forward all the way to Jesus on the cross. And so God has his son die on our behalf, not to clothe us with clothes to hide ourselves, but he gives us his righteousness as a thing to give us freedom from that shame. Mm which is a mind-blowing reality of like, okay, wow. Now, because I'm in Jesus, I have freedom from this shame, and I don't have to walk in it anymore. Hmm. So that's the that's the baseline of like, okay, now that we're in Jesus, now that we've believed in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins, now we can walk in that, that light. Now we can confess yeah. to one another for that healing. Yeah, it's like the the assurance, the acceptance, the seal of approval. Ephesians one one thirteen. Right? Yeah, the of the of the Holy Spirit that we receive in Jesus. Now nothing matters. Like as crazy as that sounds, like nothing on this earth, outside of that truth, truly holds eternal weight. Yeah, because we're not defined by anything other than that truth being sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so we can share openly and honestly about anything, knowing that no matter what happens. Right, our soul rests. Um, I think it's First Peter four nineteen. Let those who suffer according to the Lord um, entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while keeping on and doing good. So no matter what comes to us, like whatever whatever way we suffer or cast it out or anything, uh, because of our confession, our authenticity, our honesty, our love for others, uh, we know where we're going. We know that we're sealed. Yeah. We know that nothing else truly matters. And if we put an eternal weight on anything else, it then becomes a God and steals our joy. Um, so when they had unrepented sin that they had acknowledged, they were caught in shame. Yeah, That's the state they were in. They had sin that they were scared to show. Mm-hmm. They were then standing in shame. And then God being so rich and gracious covers their shame by a sacrifice. Yeah, That's sick. That's so sick. Yeah. Um, I have a few scriptures. Let's go. Um, so first Corinthians two, one through five is my first one. Um, and I, so this is Paul writing to the church of Corinth and I, when I came to you brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Oh. Um, so a couple notes that I wrote alongside that was like, stop trying so hard. Like mm-hmm. if we're caught in legalism, that we're so caught in like, doing these little things to look Christian, one, that's a Pharisee. Yeah. Two, you're just terrified to be caught. Like, you're terrified to be found out. If yeah. that's where you sit, is in this, like, terror of, like, impurity. If you're so scared of being found impure, it's because you care more about what people think of you than you're, like, standing with the Lord. Yeah. Um, 
sort of stop trying so hard. And and I love that he said like, um, he didn't just come with like this crazy lofty speech that would like leave people on their butts. Mm-hmm. Um, he what I love was he met them where they were at. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in trembling, because he allowed the spirit in, and in all honesty and inadequacy and terror yeah. sat and allowed the spirit to work. And so if you like. Paul being like the nastiest chief of all sinners, he'd say it himself, right? And then flipping the entire script to be the opposite of that um, in a like faithful, humble leader of men and of women and life-changing man in the church of Jesus Christ on this earth was because he was willing to spend himself for other people and to share all things and all truth for like caring nothing for his own health. Yeah. Like, and when he was, and when we lose our concern for our own health, we like pick up this freedom in Jesus. That's like, I'm not so worried about what people think of me or, or like what's going on around me as I am in sharing the truth that he's put on my heart. Um, that sets us free. That makes our burden simple and our, and our fruit like obvious. Um, and that sounds so peaceful. You have something pulled up? Uh, I'm looking for it right now in Job. What is it? What are you thinking on? Okay, it's, it's Job 1, so 120. Uh, so at this point, Job had just lost his kids, his livestock. Uh, yeah, like he just lost everything. And so right after, or he hears the news that his kids all got crushed while they were at a dinner party together. Mm. He goes out, and so this is verse 20. Uh, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head, then fell to the ground and worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Hmm. So I was telling him earlier about this, but in his last podcast about encouragement and lamentations, it was about, okay, we're meeting God where we're at. And this is what Job does. He meets God where he's at. He's like, God, you just took away everything from me. But worthy is your name to be praised. And that's a, a wild reality to be like authentic in. Uh, and the thing is, like we see later in the book, Job's like, God, what are you doing? Like, Why? I have these really crappy friends who aren't really saying the nicest things to me right now. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and yet, like, God meets him, literally meets him to the point later in the book where he, like, humbles him. He's like, whoa, I'm not God. And you have the authority to do whatever you want because you know what's best and you know what's better than I do. Hmm. And when we get to that, that point in our relationship with God, that's what makes it a relationship. Yeah. That's what that's what it's all about. It's about telling him, like, hey, man, I have this desire to want to go look at something that I shouldn't. I want. Th- I have this desire to go smoke pot instead of dealing with the issues that I'm currently faced with. Hmm. And he, he wants to meet us there. Yeah, I, I ask like him a really simple question being, like, do we trust the Lord to make people's opinions of us what they ought to be for his most glory. Like, is the Lord able and adequate 
to shape people's opinions of us to match what needs to be for his most glory. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. So if we share with those people, like, is he not the one who is in charge of the way that they think of us, the way that they remember us, the way that they care for us after we share those things with them? And additionally, like, do we think in hiding it that we're like fooling God? That's Ooh. part of the original sin. Whoa. You know? Like, do we think in hiding who we truly are and what's going on in our heads and in our hearts that, like, we're fooling him? We may fool people for a time, but then that'll get exhausting and then we'll be found out. Yeah. But at no point are we fooling God into thinking that. Yeah. And I, kind of going a different route with authenticity as well, as, as well, like being exactly who he's made you to be and who he is making you to be one day at a time, being that person is so essential. I think, like, 1 Corinthians 10, Romans 12 about like gifting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Romans 12, I think I'll do three through 10. Um, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to his measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, if the one, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Um, so I hear like love one another with brotherly affection out to one another and serving honor. And I hear like many members of one body, none like the other. So if anybody tries to be like another person inauthentic, like inauthentically, right. They try to make themselves appear another way. They try to match like, wow, that guy is so like enchanting and like, He's attractive and he knows all this stuff and he blah, blah, blah. I want to be like him. And they then step out of their part of the body to try to be like his. Yeah. We now have two people who are going to function less effectively as the same part of the body and one part that's missing. Yeah. So we need to be exactly who he's made us to be. And I'm sure the question is being asked in many heads. It's say mm-hmm. multiple people stream this podcast, praise the Lord, is like, how do I step into who he wants me to be? You ask him. Yeah. Lord, what do you want me to be? Yeah. Who do you want me to be? How do you want me to interact with others? What gifts do you want to give me? What fruit should I bear? What what should my habits and my conversations look like? Ask him. He's the God who wants to glorify himself. Yeah. So if many members of one body, right, if we all play our individual roles, he's glorified most. So will he not guide you to your best role if you ask him? Dude. A simple inquiry. Like, Lord, <laughs> where do you want me? Like, what do you want to do with me? Yeah. That's so freeing to think about. And it makes it very simple of like what's what's some practicalities from here? Like like what do we do now? Yeah. That we know this reality. So what do we do now? What do we do now? Well, how we we talked about it a little bit with how Paul was very honest and how Job was honest. When we are super transparent with God about where we're at, God, I don't know if people like me for this. Uh, I know this is a part of my personality that people would find a little bit weird. Like for me, for example, like I have a, a, 
interesting sense of humor that not yeah. everybody's going to be down for, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but God, don't let me uh, get so wrapped up in what other people think about me that I'm not being the person that you want me to be. Because we can get into a very interesting point here because hmm. it can kind of be like, okay, how do I be myself? But like the my, or myself that Jesus has designed me to be and that who I'm becoming more of as I become more like Jesus and not uh, this idea of just, oh, be yourself. And if people don't accept you for that, then mm. to heck with them, you know? Yeah. Which is an interesting line to face. I, it's like such a, if we look at it from like a, like a, like a hundred foot view, I'm not even going to go all the way up to the thousands. If we look at it from just a hundred foot view, it's terrifying. It's like becoming this new person and serving this role. It's like, how do we become new? How do we find this role? How do we find the people that will support us in this role? Blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Ephesians 4, uh, 21 through, let's say, I don't know, uh, 27. So assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Let not the sun go down in your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I, like a command is given. In Jesus, put off your old self and your former manner of life through these deceitful desires to be liked by people. Um, not that that is a terrible thing, but to desire being liked by people over being authentically who the Lord is making you to be is robbing you of living. Um, so putting off these deceitful desires, whatever they may be, telling people that you have come from those deceitful desires and the Lord has made you new and we are renewed by the spirit of our minds, 423. Um, and we put on this new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. That is who he says we are. We are in his likeness, righteous and holy. We get to put on wow. this new self. So that is an everyday moment by moment inquiry. That is, Lord, I want to be this new self. Mm -hmm. I want to be renewed by your spirit in my mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Ephesians 4, 23, Ezekiel 36, 26. That's just a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Titus 3, 3 through 7. Once slaves led astray, slaved various passions and pleasures, you know, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, hating one another. But God, being so rich in mercy, um, by the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Spirit, he saves us. So, like, we literally get to become brand new and put on that new self. Yeah. So if we ask this God to step out of our deceitful desires, to put on the new self by renewal of the Holy Spirit that is righteous and holy, and to place us exactly where he wants to place us, with the right people, in the right opportunities, for his most glory, will he not do it? He will. Yeah. So we have to ask. We have to inquire, and it's gonna be. There's gonna be temptations away from it. Mm -hmm. If this is, if living this renewed, beautiful, righteous, authentic, holy life is what Jesus wants from us, the only thing the enemy doesn't want for us is that. 
So he's going to do everything that he can to distract us from abiding in Jesus yeah. and becoming this righteous and holy vessel. You have something. Yeah. So this this is random because it doesn't really go with authenticity, but it goes with this idea of, okay, God wants to hear from me. So or we're going to Matthew 7, 7, we're going to ask, seek, knock. Hmm. So ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Mm. So with that reality, uh, I, it's funny how in the past couple weeks, this idea has just kept, I, I guess you could say, knocking at my door. and uh, just keeps coming over and over and over. And that's one of the things of it is people will love to bring up how in the Greek all of these words mean keep doing it. Mm. So like keep knocking on the door. Uh, God, Like I really in this moment, I want to go do this. Mm. Like I'm, I'm just being honest with where I'm at. Uh, I got to spend some time with... Uh, a friend, yeah, we, we can call him a friend, and he got to speak at this event that we were at, and he legit told people that, like, hey, last week, I, I really wanted to go watch porn, and like he said this in a room of like almost a hundred people, mm. and everybody's just like, did the guy who's speaking just say that to us? Yeah, and it was like, wow, how much. Uh, authenticity does he have in his own relationship with the Lord where he feels secure enough to go like, okay, like I can go tell people this because this room is full of people who are about to go off and to do whatever they're going to do. And they need to know, like you could have this level of authenticity, not with just you yourself and the Lord, but with others. Mm. I don't know how that transitioned into what that. What if, but. yeah, dude, <laughs> what if we just, like, didn't have to live in fear of being found out? Yeah. Like, what if, what if we inquired every day with the Lord and we talked about, we talked, we were authentic with him and authentic with others. We were authentic mm-hmm. with him saying, this is who I am and this is how I feel. Yeah. Help me. And then we went to others and we said, this is who I was and this is who he's making me to be. And that's a daily thing. This is who I was 15 minutes before this conversation. Yeah. But this is what he's going to do with it, and this is what he's making me to be. Yeah. Um, if we were authentic with the Lord and authentic with others, we live without fear. We live without being with. We live without fear of being found out. We live without fear of comparison because we know that we are becoming new, righteous, and holy in the Lord, and we are sharing that honestly with others because is relatability not powerful? Is empathy not powerful? Yeah. Right. People make friends through relatability, and people are healed through empathy. So those things need to happen. And they don't happen if you don't share it. Mm-hmm. Literally the most fulfilling season of my life has been this last one. I don't Ooh. know, this last five months in general. The most incredibly empowering, fulfilling, and also the most deeply hurtful like, fright, like season of my life. Yeah. And it's because he, he told me early on, I want you to tell everybody how you're doing and what's going on. And not to overshare in details, but to tell honestly about where, like, the state of my heart and how the Lord was using it. Yeah. And so I just stepped in and walked before people in need of care. 
and told them that I was in need of care. And all I did was tell a story that he'd already written. And he went ahead and encouraged everybody I talked to. Dude. I heard 150 times, I am so encouraged by this. I am so encouraged by this. And all I did was tell a story that I had nothing in writing. Yeah. That all I had to do was do it and then talk about it. And so it's like this, this honesty with others and with the Lord. That's like the, the, the ability to say, God, you have disappointed me. Here's what I thought was to happen or what I, what I saw this as. And here's where I'm hurt by it. Mm-hmm. Do better than I could imagine. Renew me. Make me righteous and holy and full of love. Let me be the part of the body you want me to be. And then you go before others and you say, this is where my thoughts were. This is who I truly am. This was my temptation. This was my triumph. This was my whatever. And then you're never in fear of being found out. Mm -hmm. Because the people you love and the Lord who created you both know exactly who you are and where you're going. Yeah. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Like, why do we not? Well, I think, oh gosh, that's a great question. Uh. We, we get comfortable with our sin. We get comfortable with the, okay, well, I did this small thing. I compromised here. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just keep it. We'll just keep going. Uh, me and Paul saw this firsthand in the life of a former mentor. Uh, and it cra- his life crashed and burned right in front of our very eyes. Mm. And so... When I got to see him for the first time after, this was at in and out and we talked and I just told him like, hey man, like this is the reality of like how the, what you did affected me. And his response uh, to that was, dude, I didn't, at the small thing, I didn't confess it. Uh, and it starts with the small thing. It starts with, oh, I'm going to fill up this cup of water with lemonade. I'm going to run back past the stop sign. I'm going to do whatever shortcut I can. I'm going to cheat on this test uh, with Google. Like It starts at those small things. And if we don't confess that and forsake that, then it's going to keep going and going and going. Uh, and so just seeing that in my life and seeing how that's affected other parts of my life with other people that's we need to have that that reality and that's the the interesting part about how god takes things that man meant for evil and he turns them for good Mm. which makes no sense and like genesis 5 20 and romans 8 28 those are the verses where, like, okay, people use those out of context a lot, but like, holy cow, that actually that happens. Yeah, like, God is using this scenario in particular in my life in such a way. Like, okay, you don't want to be that. Yeah. Be in relationship with me. Or, yeah, like, yeah. So that's that's the mm. way to do it. That's where we're gonna find that freedom. And we, and we don't because it seems harder, yet is carried out and it's easier um, that it's so much harder to think so deeply and be so anxious about every thought and every sentence and every outfit. And it's so much easier to step into who the Lord wants you to be and to be honest with the people around you. And I would love to be loved for who I am, not who I appear to be that if you want to be fully loved, you need to be fully known and willing to be fully hurt. 
Mm-hmm. I think about like Matthew nine, right? Wow. Like to give to give your I think it's Matthew nine. Um, that if you're struck in one cheek, to give him the other as well. If he asks for your tunic, um, give him also your cloak. If you are asked to walk one mile, walk another. Mm-hmm. Um, like these things that it's like, if you want to be loved, you have to give people the power to hurt you. And you have to stop assuming that everybody's going to hurt you and everybody's going to cast you out. Yeah. So you have to give, every, you have to give people, if you want to be loved by them, the power to rip you to shreds. And it is a beautiful thing. Because on this earth, we just have to learn that that's the truth. Yeah. It reminds me of a story. Uh, I don't even know who this was, honestly. But this guy, he's in ministry. Uh, but before ministry, before walking with the Lord, he lived a crazy life. And eventually, somebody from his old life came up to him, was like, Hey, bro, I'm going to tell everybody what you did. Uh yeah, you don't have any saying about it. He's like, okay. And so before the guy got the chance, while he's on stage, he just says, hey, uh, there's some stuff I need to tell you all about my past. And so in being so transparent and honest, it took away any possibility for that person to bring harm on his name because he already was yeah. super transparent. and was like, hey, this is me. This is who I was yeah. before Jesus. Uh, and I know for me sometimes it can be, oh, like, I'm super ashamed of that. Like, why was that me? And, like, you know, that's good. That's the Holy Spirit convicting me. Uh, and to know, like, okay, that is, as uh, the verse in Ephesians 4 said, like, that's the old self. Yeah. That belongs to our former manner of life. And that's not us anymore. It's not us anymore. And, like, sin cannot grow when it's brought to the light. Yeah. And so if we confess all the sins, even the stupid little ones. And I said something to Nathan right before we started recording. I said, if some, if you want somebody to be in your life and you share with them who you used to be, or I do the same thing, if I share with them who I used to be and they don't love me more for the redemptive story the Lord has written, then they are not intended to be in my life. Like, yeah. it's just that simple. They don't believe in the renewing qualities of the Holy Spirit to the manner that they ought to um, and are caught in some type of judgment or some type of image. And it's not meant to be anyway. So there's the piece. The piece is that I'm going to share 100% truth with everybody that I ought to. And they are either going to love me more for it or they're not meant to be a part of my life. Yeah, It's that simple. I mean, like, do what you want. Like, cancel culture does not scare me. Because it's just an avenue for the renewal of the Holy Spirit. That is like if you dig up something that I said on Twitter eight years ago. Yeah. And, I, and, you, and you don't believe that the Spirit could renew me in that time and that's yeah. not who I used to be. So be it. Bro, that's the testimony right there. Literally. Yeah. That's the grace. Like, Nathan, what happened to you since we last spoke since high school? Jesus happened. Yeah. Like, I was dead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what's different? What's different? It's like, well, I could tell you about it. Yeah. And so the avenue is there. The story's been written, right? He's already written an incredible story in our redemption. And if somehow um, the Lord was kind enough to get your ears to this podcast and your redemption story hasn't started because you're still sitting in it, it could start today. Um, because simply confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that you're raised from the dead. 
truly confessing and saying, Jesus, I know you are God and I know that you love me and I know that you died for me and I want your renewal and I want your spirit. And the rest of your life never has to be the same. It can go from being things you're ashamed of to things that you are glad to share about because the Lord rescued you from them, right? People love, right? Heroes of war love to tell stories. And that's because they came back alive and they get to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And so we get the chance to come back alive because Whoa. he conquered death. So we get to tell the story. Yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. And so our, our redemptive arc of what the Lord has done in our life and in our story, we get to tell about. And it's the most beautiful story he could ever, like we could ever imagine writing. And he wrote it completely for us and all we get to do is tell it. It's the coolest thing. You got anything you want to add for we pray? I mean, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, get your community and go to war. Hmm. When those thoughts roll in, tell them. I mean, that's that's speaking right to me. Yeah. Community this. starts with one friend, right? Yeah. Starts with one person who genuinely cares about you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to initiate that one person too. Yeah. But then over the course of time, that authenticity, that vulnerability, that genuineness, that love, it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch other people's eyes. Yeah. And the group is going to form. You're going to have the people you ought to around you. I just like, I like to throw a good lofty what if around. And if they listen to 49 minutes of this podcast, they they're ready the for what a what if. if. And the what if would be like, what if we live lives fully in the light? What if we confessed everything before the Lord and before each other? And we lived authentically and we were loved fully for exactly who he's made us to be and not a single bit of fiction. How cool would our lives be? What kind of song would we live? Whoa. You know? Yeah. Let's pray about it. Um, Lord, you are kind. Um, Lord, I pray in your name, uh, Jesus, over every listener, over Nathan and over myself, um, over everybody in between. God, I pray that we walk authentically in who you want us to be. Jesus, I pray that you open the next door and bring the next conviction in who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like. Um, Lord, that you place us exactly where, where we ought to be for you to receive the most glory, that you provide for us the community and the conversations that bring you most glory. Um, God, that we just take the next faithful step and are found faithful in little so that we can be found faithful with much. Um, Lord, that you just shred us of the things that do not honor you and you build up things that do no matter how much it hurts. God, because we know living lives and obedience to you and authenticity with you and with others is where the freedom is and the joy lies. Um, God, you are good. Um, Lord, help us to live like that's true, to believe it. Lord, help us to love you more, to love your people more, to love your word more. Um, Lord, help us to live lives in full obedience as the exact member of the body you want us to be. Lord, get us there. Bring us wisdom and discernment and knowledge and faithfulness. Renew us into righteousness and holiness. Uh, we love you. Help us to know you better and love you more. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's go. So long. Bye.